Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Hello out there, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia-holics, and all you hardcore members of the IWSC, and all you casual fans who watch pro wrestling on your TV. Thank you for downloading the WrestleManiacs podcast. My name is Alex Ketchum, and as always, I'm joined by the funny man with the original plan, Mr. Bob Wick. Bob, how are you? Good. Cover your nose with your mask. Your mask goes over your entire face. That's a special announcement, special announcement. And the captain of Keeping It Real, Jake Russell, is here. Jake, how are you, man? What's up? What's going on? Yeah, what Bob said, um, cover your fucking nose, you fucking assholes. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You're I miss having Jake out. with me because he would just do that when we're out in public. Like, I'd say something and he'd make it sound cool. That wasn't cool at all, though. That was just, that was just angry. So, yeah, cover cool, your nose, man. fucking pieces of shit. We should all be careful. We should all be considerate. If you don't wear a mask, you're at the very least rude, but you're probably doing a lot worse things. Don't be a piece of shit partner in this society. Wear a mask. (laughs) But today we got a special topic and what I'd like to get 2021 off to a brighter start because it's a new year and a new day. Yes, it is. However, I think we should pay homage to a man who passed away, who we both got to meet last year, or in 2019, at the... Did all of us get to meet him? I don't think I did, no. Oh, all right. But he did make an appearance at the Detroit Improv Festival, was an extremely nice guy, very talented wrestler, known as Luke Harper and or Brody Lee, has passed away. It was a lung complication, un-COVID related. Very sad news. I, when, I, when I got to meet with meet him, uh, he was extremely nice guy. Uh, he was extremely yeah. nervous, you could tell, but doing the improv. Yeah, he did a great job with the improv. Uh, we should uh, maybe on our, on our Facebook page post um, his performance at the Detroit Improv Festival because we have that footage. And he was just such a charming, charismatic, cool, nice guy. Really, really, really cool. I got to drive him to the airport and we just had a really cool conversation. We didn't really talk about wrestling that much. We, we talked about fire ants because his yard was getting infested by them. He just moved to Florida at that time. He was talking about like, man, I get back home because we can't let the dog out. You know, I'm worried about my sons. And it was just like, it was really nice to see him thinking about, you know, his family and just being a good dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I heard a few interviews he did on, um, I think back when Edge and Christian had a podcast, he was a guest and he talked, he talked a lot about his, his son and his family. Just a rule. It's just, Really sad news because he was he was a young guy and he was just really with AEW getting a real big opportunity to show everything that he could do as Brody Lee and the leader of the the Dark Order. So he went from you know in WWF he was always more or less the muscle of a faction to being the leader of a faction. Yeah. Such really a great cool. worker. Um, the 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 moment he, well there was a, a small time where he kind of got away from the the white family and was going for I think he got the the Intercontinental Championship or yeah, he, he was, was just doing his own champion. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was amazing. And people like he became a baby face and people were loving him. And like he really got to show off more of his uh more of his athleticism. He wasn't really doing the brawling style that that he was kind of pigeonholed into because he has such a look. Like they even called him like uh a, a bruiser brody type character 
like during the match we we're about to talk about, he was doing some high flying stuff, and man, he's pulling off. He he's he was really slick in the ring when he when he was allowed to do his other styles of wrestling. Yeah, he was a long time independent guy before going to the NXT or Florida Championship Wrestling, whatever the name of the system was at the time when he got there. The, he had a real cool look. I think that the th- the Wyatt family was a really cool idea, and like he was a big part of that and every different facet of it uh, just uh, Arn, I know Arn Anderson while he was at WWF like uh, working as an agent and helping people with the matches he was a huge fan of Luke Harper I think maybe that was more like one of the things that there's probably several guys in the back who were big fans of his and kept pushing him and like the writers never seemed to come up with anything or had a plan for him and he, I believe at the Detroit Improv Festival he said that the reason was because he couldn't do a fake southern accent yeah yeah, you mentioned that. Vincent I've heard that him say that a couple times, actually. Yeah. Which is just terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, why? Why has he got to be Southern? Just because he looks like a... Because like, he, I mean, he was dressed sloppily and had a beard. What the hell? But, yeah. So, R.I.P. Luke Harper. We didn't get to see enough. And our Brody Lee. But tonight's... So, the match we watched was from 2014. And it was the Wyatt family versus the Shield at Elimination Chamber. Leading up to this, the Shield was like the original incarnation. Was still kind of coming off that first year run where they basically hadn't lost. And then the White. Meanwhile, the Wyatt family was another three man group that came on the scene during that year, and people just loved them, even though they were supposed to be heels. And I think that threw Vince McMahon off a little bit, right? Yeah. And why would that throw him off though? Like he's seen that before. <laughs> like, 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 like he knows. He got to be paying attention to his fan base. Like, they, they were, they had at that point in WWE, they were fiending for like something fresh, something new. And then, like, they, that's what the Wyatt family gave him. And then these are going to be heels. And like, and then, and then everybody's like, and every, and everyone loves them, even though they're heels. Like, that's because you've been doing this PG corny shit so long. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have. You you got John Cena winning every winning every damn thing, just like you had Hogan winning every damn thing back in the day. So mm-hmm. you needed a change. So I don't know why he yeah. uh, I don't know why he was surprised by that. But yeah, anyway. No, no, I completely agree. I, that's you're exactly right, Jake. I think the reason I mean, the reason everybody liked the the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt and that whole thing was because it was new. It was something different. It was something original. Right. Yeah. And they all played their parts so very well. The reason the Shield got over was because they were, I mean, they were all very good and they just never lost. Everybody got behind them, um, much yeah. like Goldberg. You make, I mean, and Rusev, you know, he didn't lose for a year. So, you know, it got, became it became a thing. I, I, I got to say that I don't think Vince really got it because, like, they're, they kept making small changes. Like, it became more supernatural powered versus the cult leader. And, hell, Bray Wyatt didn't win a pay-per-view match, I think, all year for like a while he went he lost like eight pay-per-views in a row but he was on tv like every week with the wyatt family doing something that luke and uh the tag team it was um what was it luke and what was that what's the big red with the goat mask i'm drawing a blank oh, uh, i can't think of his name eric uh, rowan rowan thank you thank you there it is. I got done trying to say Eric Harper. Like, ah, oh, you're mixing two characters, man. <laughs> so Eric Rowan and Luke, they would win some tag team matches, and they and then they came back later on as like later on in his career as the Bludgeon Brothers, and they were at, 
which was awesome. Love the Bludgeon Brothers. I love how they worked together. They were crushing. That was like, to me, that, that kind of felt like demolition, like the, the 2020 version of demolition, just going in there and just crushing. I did like that. I like, I love tag teams that have a name, like they have a team name. And the, the, the yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers kind of felt like a throwback to like the 80s, 90s, because they had like a gimmick. Yeah. They had the big hammers. But then they got in the ring and just beat the shit out of people. It worked, you know. I think a lot of people thought it, thought it was going to be silly or something, but I think they made it work until they got injured. So, there, yeah, there was just a lot of missed opportunity, I think, with Luke. But this match, the Shield was a, a very over, very popular three-man group. Roman Reigns was just now becoming the chosen one. You could you could see that. Dean Ambrose was great as like a Brian Pillman, loose cannon-like character. And then you have Seth Rollins, who's just an amazing wrestler. And in this match, when they finally go head-to-head with the Wyatts, I remember the first time they came – and they were like on a raw and they just happened to cross paths or something. And when they're like all six guys were just standing in the ring together, the crowd just went ape shit. They made up a reason for them to like not like each other or get involved, but it was really good. Like the shield was talking about their dominance and then Bray Wyatt was doing his cult talk, but I love they're talking about This is our yard and Bray Wyatt's line about like, don't invite the devil into your backyard because he may like it and stay. Well, that's nice. Right. I thought that was genius. And, and, I, and then Luke's big quote was, uh, I hope you enjoy the hill that you've chosen to die on. Uh, oh, you, you chose a very beautiful hill. To oh, yeah. Die on. You chose a very beautiful <laughs> hill to die on. Yeah, that was great. So like, it's, the match is very good. I don't want to go like, step by step through it, but I do want to like, bring out that a lot of the, the high points of this match were Luke Harper in the ring. He worked with all three members of the Shield a lot in this match. Yeah, he took... 90% of the bumps for his team, honestly, because he was working, he was in there almost the entire time. Like, one of the guys would come in, do a little bit of stuff, he would tag in, be in there for a good chunk, and then, you know, someone else yeah, would come in was, and do a little bit, do their stuff, start getting their butt kicked, he'd come in and do another big chunk. He's the, it was, he, yeah. he's the MVP of this match. <laughs> now, I can see why Art Anderson liked him. You know, like that was basically what Art Anderson did for the poor horsemen. So I can see why there'd be like a lot of respect mm. with those guys. That's a uh, actually, wh- wow. I didn't think, I didn't think about that, but well done, Bobby. That was a very good. Uh, hey, I have my, there. I have my moments. <laughs> yeah. The, there was so a few key points that I do want to bring up. Um, if you guys got anything that you really liked out of the match, let me know. Uh, we we get to that. That's what we're going to talk about. But the moment when Luke Harper was going to, looked like a, a, a German suplex off of the top rope on Seth Rollins, but Seth like rotates lines on his feet and they go back and forth. Man, like, yeah, just the, the crowd, I think the crowd reaction also kind of made that moment too, because they just lost it. And when he was really, really athletic, very cool by Seth to like do the whole flip. But when he comes back and like, he's, you know, getting the upper hand, but then all of like Luke was so good at that almost undertaker. Like he's getting hit. And Seth going back and forth, and then suddenly he just moves. He just like burst into action, and he picked up Seth and like gave him like a black hole side slam. That mm. just like that, you heard the whole crowd just go, "Oh!" And it, oh yeah, yeah. It was suddenness. Uh, he had he had really good suddenness. You know, he could play the big man and be prodding, and then suddenly like you know just move. Um, yeah, uh, he also had a really cool moment where out of nowhere he just did a jump. Jump kick, like a jump, uh, oh, not drop kick, kick. Uh, drop kick, yes, a, a jump drop kick out of nowhere. And you, you forget, like I, I talked about before, like 
the guy was smooth and he was so athletic. And again, you don't get to see it because like even with like the the budget the budget but ah the brothers <laughs> uh it was more like basham you know he was just you know street fight not street fighting but you know brawling yeah so him to do that or to him to dive through the ropes and and take out i think it was uh dean ambrose in both of those moves it was amazing just to see like a guy that size still being able to do the high flying stuff and the very athletic you know and having upset he did was really, really incredible to watch. <clears throat> I know when he was a single star, he did a, like he, the suicide dive became a more regular part of his arsenal. But yeah, I think that, and I think this match was one of the first times he did that, just based upon crowd reaction. I, I remember him doing it fairly often, but like watching the crowd react to that one, it seemed like they'd never seen it before. Maybe this was like the, his debut of that that move, but it was yeah, it was it was great. I liked his, even though I feel like they're over almost overused nowadays. Because yeah, like, but his looked his looked good, and because he was so big, I mean, I think it, it worked. You know, I also like the little things he would do. Like when he came in and he saved uh, Dean Ambrose saved a pin, and he like the camera shot was perfect because you don't see him get in the ring; you just see all of a sudden a blur, and he just kicks Dean Ambrose like square in the chest. Look, like he killed him, and as he's backing out of the ring. He kind of points the finger gun and right at Roman Reigns, just like aims and like fires, like you're next. I think my favorite thing in this match is that they they won and the shield lost. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm not mad at that at all. I totally agree. I mean, that's my favorite. Just this the fact that they won and the shield didn't like stop like stop with the like like everyone like I'm tired like all these these bland these like these bland ass like faces you have winning all the time is just it's just boring <laughs> you know and the Wyatt yeah. family was just like like we said earlier just very it's very different very fresh and just like like something like yeah, something new to cheer for and like very very exciting you know and um and you know harbor is like his like like his uh like his in-ring ability just like how he, how he wrestles like everything was exciting yeah. just like you said like you be on some now you see me now you don't shit like you know I'm on this big man shit but you know I'm gonna like <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you up with this cruiserweight shit real fast <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. like like I'm Undertaker now I'm Billy Kidman so you know what I'm saying like <laughs> like what's good now I, mean, I think um, I think like you said Jake like his move set almost kind of gave him a bit of mystery yeah it made yeah. his character more intriguing because his look. Yeah. Was very Bruiser Brody esque, and it fit yeah. in with the Wyatt, the the like the cult gimmick, and he looked like a brawler, and he was very good at that. But then he would plot these really big finesse moves, would almost catch you off guard, I guess. Well, um, yeah, that's that's what makes him scary because you don't know what what to expect. Because yeah. every time you assume something about the man, he can pull out something that you've never seen before and do it well. So, and yeah, that that'll, that'll keep you on your heels. And I show you that he can wrestle with him. And he can move. He can work with anybody, like yeah. with anybody. Like you want you, you want to do a high flyer. Uh, I can I go wrestle with a high flyer. I can wrestle with a, you know, a, a big guy who just wrestles like a typical big guy. I could do it all. You know, one thing, um, Bob. I don't know if you said this. Did you said that like uh, Vince had him like doing like the he like you know Vince like he likes he likes the the big guy so. He just he kind of boxed him in that big guy like thing a little bit or something like that. 
Yeah, I, well, I think that's what Alex is talking about. He, he kind of boxed him in as the big guy from the from the south, so that's why I was upset yeah, that yeah. he didn't, didn't have the accent. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's why. That's why I don't like. It was like you can't like you pigeonholing these guys into you pigeonholing these guys, and then you can't really see how good they are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Like, well, I yeah. mean, the same dude's been running the same company for. 40 plus years and he was taught to run it a particular way almost like here is your characters and or character types and we just got to find a body to fill in it you need a big guy to be your hero to win every match that's going to be your hulk hogan (laughs) uh to your uh john cena to you know your roman reigns we got that spot you need somebody to be the big bad guy probably a foreigner Cause that's what, cause we, we invented this in, <laughs> in the 1940s, uh, you know, so that's, yeah, the get, get me someone with an accent really. that pisses off the Southerners, you know, <laughs> we're going to have tag teams or we're, we're have ladies, but they better have, you know, their hair done and their makeup done right. Or I don't want them in my ring, wearing my belt, you know, that kind of shit. Mm. And they stuck to that plan because you know, in 1980, it worked. Uh, in yeah, some extent, 1990, it worked. Yeah, but shit. Yeah. Like, you got to progress, though. Well, know. it's never progressed consistently. That's the thing. Like, that's why wrestling has highs and lows, because it gets stale. Yeah. Then you get your Undertakers. Then you get your Bray Wyatt's. Then you get something that breaks the norm. And yeah. then when it starts getting momentum, here comes the old man to jump in like, well, let's get us a new Hogan. Where's the new Hogan at? No one wants to see Hogan anymore. Sorry to get off the topic of uh, no, Harper, cool. but like, but but yeah, it's just no, like no. I don't want to. Yeah, it's like I just hate seeing guys like that getting like pigeonholed. Like this thing is like, yeah, it it just doesn't. Like I said, it doesn't like show off their true talent, show what they're really <laughs> capable of. Feel like get him like watching that match. So like he should have been like like a lot bigger than what he like what he was. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm still. On the, on the angry train. So, like, even looking at what he does with NXT stars who have a great gimmick that is working on a weekly basis, then when they get when they get called up, uh, we're going to change the Vikings to the Viking experience. We're going to do, like, we're just going to – I got to put my two cents in, even if it doesn't make sense, you know? Like, it just – Put my two cents in, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> my sense doesn't make sense. Anyway. Exactly. I mean, yeah, he the guy was from like Rochester. If you like hearing like the if he did, I think he did a few podcast interviews. I mean, I know he did one with Edge, the Edge and Christian podcast, uh, which I'm sure is still on the internet somewhere. But he's a very well read, very articulate guy, and I I don't see why he would have to be a Southerner because he had that big beard and he had like the he looked like, sh- like shoddy, I guess. And I get that like the idea was like the cult, the Bray Wyatt cult was down there in Louisiana. And like you know, the like the swamp people kind of thing, but you know, people from people who join cults come from all over. So like you know, you got his background there with the cult thing. He could have easily just kind of once he got away from that, just turned it around. And like I think like the guy who looks crazy like that, but speaks like a you know like a like a college professor, is even stranger and more interesting. You know, almost like yeah. I mean, like, almost like a serial killer esque. You know. Uh, it's like I think I don't know I, I think there was I think there was something there I know that one idea he's like he had pitched events was to be something like that like this uh, 
like maniac and he would like and like almost like take trophies from his like the people he beats oh that sounds awesome yeah i thought it was great yeah but no it was shot down didn't vince didn't like it um i guess he had to be a like a maybe but he, maybe he could have pitched like vince a garbage man or, or a mechanic yeah they, had a, they never had a mechanic yeah, get, get, give me an occupation yeah. or puke one of those two what if you were a car mechanic you got that 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 handkerchief in your back pocket mechanics have those what if you were a, a plumber so you have a pipe you hit people with a pipe we'll call you spark we'll call you plug luke harper <laughs> you can carry a steering wheel to the ring <laughs> wow no, you're a truck driver. No, we already did that. Okay. Well, now I got to <laughs> ask, what would be the worst occupation for a wrestling persona? I mean, other than the, the plumber that I already did? Yep. Like if you're... See, um... Professional ice skater. Okay. How about a, a Quicken Loans mortgage, mortgage banker? <laughs> that was IRS, wasn't it? Uh, 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 right. uh, sunglass hut attendant or any kiosk. <laughs> uh, attendant. Mall security cop, mall security, mall security. <laughs> some little boss man, <laughs> uh, middle manager, someone who works at the Louis Vuitton store. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Somebody who makes his own soap, <laughs> <laughs> sells it at festivals. A tie dye artist, he sells tie dye. Uh, that's weird. Uh, once someone works at Target, someone who works at Target and he, he comes down with a red shirt and khakis. Well, that's that's State Farm now. Fuck. Um, Damn. Oh, what if the, the, <laughs> super, the supermarket greeter? <laughs> the supermarket yeah. greeter. Every time his opponent gets in the ring, he waves hello before the match starts. The Walmart greeter. The Walmart greeter. Wally Greeter would be his name. He'd wear a vest, oh. smiley face on it, and he would say hello and wave it to his opponents before like the bell rings where he just loses it and starts giving people the shopping cart finisher. <laughs> It'd be fucking horrible. The, the, the bath and body works. The bath and body work employee. He'll, he always cheat and spray some... Cloning your face. Trying to get you twenty percent off. <laughs> this is the new line. This is the uh, this is the opening line game. If we ever do a pro wrestling themed improv like yeah. show, the opening line game is bad gimmicks. Everyone, everyone will hate it. Bad <laughs> bad box of gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Bad box of gimmicks. Red rooster. Red rooster. Whatever that is. I, that's probably the worst. I can... These are all terrible. <laughs> but it, but this is shit that Vince will probably will come up with though. The dish vegan the cook. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> that might work nowadays. Hansel and Gretel might work. <laughs> They're brother and sister, you see. They're from Germany. Everybody hates Germans. Everybody hates Germans. Corin, I like it. They'll throw breadcrumbs on the way to the ring. What would you guys done have done or changed any? If, would you have changed anything with the Wyatt family or how it was handled? Ooh, yeah. But if you look at like how often the Undertaker slowly changed his gimmick, and I always compare like Bray Wyatt to the Undertaker just because of the supernatural elements. And it, here's a guy who who is a completely different character than anything that existed during their you know during their era. So they're breaking new grounds, you do new things, but you also have to kind of change the time because you have to heighten like your character, your character's, you know, threat if he's going to be a bad guy. Uh, so you got to make it more dangerous. So increasing his supernatural ability, I guess, would be the way of going to become the, the fiend. Um, I don't know. I'm going to change much with it because I, I really like the work he did. I guess I would let it, allow him to win more overall. I mean, he just I- kept them together. I, yeah, I think they could. I think they could have stayed together a little bit longer. Um, I agree. And the pro the, the the problem was that it 
that's exa- you're exactly right. He lost so much. It was basically like just at the he would they'd put him out there every week to do a 20 minute promo, and he'd kill it, and then he would go yeah. and lose. And it was like, how can you be a threat if all you do oh. is lose? All bark, no bite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, that's a damn shame because he's so great. You know, he should be on his own winning streak. Maybe not, not for WrestleMania, but SummerSlam. Who knows? <laughs> uh, because, uh, yeah, it just is an interesting character. Uh, the the storylines are cool. I, I like what they're doing now. I like what he's doing now. I, I really enjoy The Fiend. Even though I didn't think in the TLC match was the best, I thought the look was really cool. And it wasn't the, and one of the most interesting matches of that night, you know? So, I mean, I ain't mad at that. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just more credit to Bray Wyatt himself. I think I think he that son bitch just a gene as far as like the character he's created is a genius, and yeah. it, that's his. I don't I don't credit that to, I don't and I'm sure there are some writing elements. Uh, I know Bruce Pritchard oh, yeah. is very interested in the he really likes that character, but for the most part, that guy made his stuff work, and like the everybody, I think the company let them down. Let the, let that group down. I think absolutely. You could have added the supernatural stuff much later. Yeah, like let him be. A, let them be a threat for a while, just as what they are. And then if once they lose that threatening ability, then you can add some supernatural shit. Like oh, this guy is not just crazy. You know, there's actually legitimacy or something. You know. Yeah, I think that's something that WWE fails a lot, and it's allowing the bad guy to be you know, in charge for a while, like the face of the company almost. I think they lose. I think that's a money decision, but I think it's poor storytelling. You know, you got to let the bad guy win. So the hero story is them overcoming something so, so, so big, you know, so enormous. Like it's, it's a really real testament to the strength of the good guy when he finally does win. Right. Um, yeah, because if you look like you know, it's always the bad guy wins just a little bit, just a little bit, and then, and then, then he gets knocked down to mid card because he ain't shit anymore. With him and Cena, but they're both champions but, for like I mean, a full year. Not- of all the WrestleManias we've watched at this point, we've watched seventeen. How many times have we seen the same good guy headline, and how often do we see the same bad guy headline with the title? You know, uh, it's rare. Yeah, uh, like Andre the Giant, first two WrestleMania, or, you know, WrestleMania three, and then he's WrestleMania four, and then mid card, you know. Uh, uh, oh, who else? Uh, I can't think of Yoko. anybody or everybody else. Yoko, huh? two, two in a row. Yeah, two in a row. Then mid card, mid card, mid card. Uh, King Kong Bundy, yeah, Vader, um, all these guys, great performers, cool, cool things going on, but. As soon as they start losing steam, you know, and that's all story writing. Like they, they, you know, they're no longer a threat. You know, they lose air. So yeah, put mid card, and yeah. then they go babyface for a little while, get more steam, flip, maybe get one more chance of being a bad guy, but it doesn't sustain. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Jake, how about you? Anything with the Wyatt family that you would have changed looking back at all? Um, I'll just say like you know. Like if it ain't like, just keep like just keep keep the momentum going. Like they, you brought them in, they were great. 
got what they did. The fans was loving it. Keep it going. Just like, you know what I'm saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep, just keep that momentum going. And like, I probably wouldn't have like have him lose so many times. Like, like in the beginning, I'm like, like what the, what's so like dangerous about this guy if he loses all the fucking time? I, I, that's I remember that so so vividly, and like Art Anderson talks about it a lot. And he's just like, like it was just dumb. It was like, like this, like yeah. this is Jobber. It's like, like is it is, is this Bray Wyatt or is this uh, Gilbert? Like who the fuck is it? Yeah, I mean they do the same thing to Dolph uh, Ziggler. Like Dolph's an amazing performer, but man, does he lose a lot? And then when he does win, they make him give up the belt the next night as if he didn't. It's some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's, it's yeah. terrible. Like it's it's, it's so. A lot of misuse of talent in that company. Yep. Yeah, him and uh, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, uh, they could be so much more. But I, I feel like, like I'm a huge Dolph Ziggler fan, and I guess I still am. But it's just, he's no longer he's not my favorite wrestler anymore, uh, just because it's ty- I'm tired of rooting for somebody who's going to lose. Yeah, yeah, that's exhausting. Uh, I like Shinsuke. I like uh, I think right now Velveteen Dream is probably one of my favorites. He's amazing. He's going to be a huge star. Luke Harper was like, you know, he was a huge star in AEW. He was a champion, and he was a tag team champion, intercontinental champion. I, I, looking back, I recommend like looking up 2014-15, uh, um, and then some of 2019. Some They had some good Luke, uh, Luke Harper matches uh, with him winning the tag team championships in 19, uh, when he was an IFC champion, I think in 14 or 15. He had a great ladder match with Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he was part of the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 31. Some really good stuff. And I wish I had cable so I could watch more AEW because I really wanted to see yeah. all the stuff that he did. His debut was great. He had a great match with Cody Rhodes. He had a great series of matches with Cody Rhodes. Gone too soon. I mean, like I would like to have gotten our year started off a little bit brighter, but I think the respect, because we met the guy and, like, you know, he did a nice service of coming out and supporting, like, the local improv festival. I think not enough should, not enough can be said of what how great this guy could have been. It's unfortunate. Yeah. R.I.P. Luke Harper. Tune in next week because we're going to do something a little more lighthearted. I think we're going to have Re- Royal Rumble 1992. The first ever top five entrance going to go all the way. Ric Flair with Bobby Heaton on commentary. Got, man, it's one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot to talk about. So until next time, guys, welcome back to the podcast. And my name is Alex Ketchum. I'm Bob Wick. Jake Russell. 2021 is going to be a better year, but we'll still be going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs podcast on Facebook, or you can Email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.